Welcome to The Real 7 Show. As always, this podcast will be completely raw, unfiltered, and uncensored. Today, I have the opportunity to sit down with Raina from the Self Love Lounge. Raina is a trained clinical hypnotherapist, a spiritual mentor, and somebody who is always pushing the message on how to stand in your power. If this is something that you'd like to listen to, then buckle up, because here we go. Raina. Um, I am the founder of Self Love Lounge. Um, I've got a website. I've got a, I'm most active on my Instagram profile. I am a clinical hypnotherapist. Um, I'm a mentor. I'm a woman's embodiment coach. Um, I'm awake. I'm aware. I um, have been for quite some time. And um, yeah, I just spend most of my time just um, helping people, most notably women. It's just who I work with, you know, mm-hmm. mostly remember who they are and um, remember their power, speak their voice, stand up um, for what's right and stand in their sovereignty. So for those that don't know, what is hypnotherapy? So hypnotherapy is a modality where we work with the subconscious mind. So the best way to explain it is that 95% of who we are, so what we believe, how we think, um, how we move in this world, are programs, essentially, that have been installed in our subconscious mind, Mm. Um, basically from the day we were born. So whether, you know, it's from our parents, um, our siblings, our teachers, um, and then we, as we get older, our government, society at large, and hypnotherapy, basically what it does is it allows people to uncover and remember who they truly are, right? So depending on what they've gone through in their lives, especially as children, you know, we come up against some trauma. It's real here. This is planet Earth. There's a lot of trauma that happens um, Mm -hmm. in childhood and throughout our lives. And it affects us in different ways. Sometimes it manifests as anxiety. Sometimes it, you know, manifests as an illness or um, inability to speak up or lack of self-worth or whatever. So what hypnotherapy does is it allows us um, to get into the subconscious mind, quiets that overthinking mind. And, um, you know, the person is just in a relaxed state and we can get into the subconscious mind and we actually reframe whatever event that happened in the childhood is causing them to do whatever as the adult. And instead of having to resist, whether it's a pattern, an addiction, an illness, anxiety, whatever, all of a sudden the magic of the subconscious mind just releases whatever mm. someone is dealing with it, it's it's incredibly powerful um in helping people again remember who they are right use their voice remember their power so it's something that i use too um you know in my mentorships as well so now with regards to the subconscious now 
especially over the last three years, there's been a serious divide in the mental framework of people. And what I mean by that is the people who kind of know what's going on, many of them have just opened a book and just went right back to religion and just said that, yo, well, it's time for me to open up a book and find something that's laid out for me because, you know, God forbid I actually do the work within myself and start to look within it's it rather you know it's easier it's the easier path to pick up and you know and again people do whatever they want i'm all for the word freedom in the truest sense right in the most pure form of it you do you but now with that there's almost a, a, an attack on the true spiritual community which also has been bastardized as well but and when i say the true spiritual community what i mean is those people who find every answer to every question they're looking for and the deeper they go within themselves the more questions they have and the more answers they search for and it's just a constant it should be like that through your whole life right but when you speak about the subconscious mind a lot of people now are like oh you're letting demons in and all this fucking insanity like what do you think when you hear somebody speak negatively about the subconscious mind and almost remove it from the self. Most people don't understand <laughs> the, the power and the workings of the subconscious mind. Right. Um, and I mean, we can even use the last, you know, 2020 and on as an example, when you have an authority figure, Okay. Whether it be your government, whether it be a police officer, whether it be a public health officer, when you have an authority figure, you have repetition and you have an emotion, which is fear. that is happening constantly on all channels, on the news, on Facebook, on Twitter, everywhere. That is intense mm -hmm. hypnosis. That's the definition of hypnosis. That is intense hypnosis. And what happened, I mean, it was it was miraculous and surreal to watch at the same time. You know, people whom I've known for for years, people that I that I thought, you know, would see through this entire thing were like zoned like they were gone that's the best way i can explain it they were gone they were so full of fear and they were so controlled and the main the main way that that happened was through hypnosis mm. crazy to even think about it. Mm -hmm. no mm -hmm. through the subconscious mind and i always say you know this this planet that we're on, it's its a rough planet to be on. Like, it yeah. is what it is. You know, uh, the density here, it's, 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 a, it's a third dimensional, low, low density planet. So we've all been through something, you know, or many things, mm. trauma of all sorts. And then what happens is trauma gets stuck in our body, okay? We're energetic beings. We're actually yeah. built and meant to, whatever happens to us, we're built, we're meant to move it through, right? We're meant to feel it and move it through. But we keep it stored in us. And then what happens is um, the government, authority figures, whatever you want to call them, 
they are so intelligent Mm -hmm. that is actually what they use to control us right they use fear they use you know we've got i call them pain bodies within us so whether it's shame or unworthiness or abuse or whatever like you know you name them that's how they control humanity at large Hmm. it's that simple but yet that complex yeah yeah i i I honestly don't uh and maybe it's just myself but the concept of the subconscious seems very kind of cut and dry it's like oh you want to know what your subconscious is uh just just don't speak and think about something hear a little voice that's sounds just like you right that's that's your subconscious your physical is just an emulation of that subconscious it's like when you walk into a room your body and your brain has already created the room before you even walk in there right it's already created the framework of where you're going to be right and when you talk about trauma being stored i think that that is is truly how to explain traumatic experiences because just like everything else these days I think that individuals like ourselves are very important to humanity. And the reason I say that is we have the ability to take something in its original form and not allow it to become perverse in any way or bastardized in any way and take it for exactly what it is. Because now trauma, much like anxiety and depression, has become a trend that everybody thinks that, oh, I feel discomfort, I feel dis-ease. Right. And and now all of a sudden, you know, I, I have trauma, I have anxiety and, and they keep using that language. Right. Like, dude, you don't have anything. You're not the proud owner of trauma. You're not the proud owner of anxiety or depression. It is something that you're supposed to experience and move away from you. And that's it. So and by constantly identifying and saying I am this, I have this, all mm-hmm. they're doing is they're right. reinforcing it. Yeah. Yeah. And we see it all too often. So. When it comes to trauma, if a person has, let's just say the last three years have created trauma in millions, which we know for a fact has happened, what do you think the best, um, like the best course of action is to start to address that trauma just on a surface level, something people can do every day? On the surface level, probably the best thing someone could do is, um, Typically, we all have addictions of at some level mm. of some kind, whether it be a beer on the weekends, whether it be gambling, whether it be porn, whether it be food, you know, someone, everybody has something, most people anyhow. So smoking, whatever, weed. When you feel that urge to crack the beer, like the joint, you know, switch on the porn, go to the casino. Stop yourself for a moment, just a moment, and sit with that feeling. Sit with it. Feel it. You know, get familiar with it. Question it. Where is this? What is this feeling that's making me, you know, reach for this? That is probably the best advice that I could give anyone as a starting place. And the reality is, is that it is so difficult for humans to sit with themselves for even, most can't even make it five minutes. Mm. You know, 
that would be my best advice. Start to feel whatever it is, because whatever you're reaching for, whatever your habit is, whatever your pattern is, whatever your addiction is, there's always a reason. There's always a root. You're not, you didn't come down to this earth, right? To say, I'm going to suffer and I'm going to let something outside of me control me, whether it be the government or a can of goddamn beer, right? That's not why you came here. But unfortunately, again, you know, this planet has been, it's, it's, it's a difficult planet to navigate. The number one thing that people need to do is they need to stop running from themselves. They need to stop numbing themselves. They need to stop looking for an outside savior. And they need to remember who they are. Mm. Radical responsibility for one's life in every aspect. Yeah, I know it's a scary task for most people. I mean, and and one thing that I love to tell people is, is, you know, and I know it sounds, you know, pretty, a lot of people laugh at it because it's, it's a pretty funny example. But when you're on the toilet, stop sitting on your phone. And it great, seems like great starting, great starting point. Right. Like, just allow yourself. Look, end of the day, the reason I say that particular moment, people are like, oh, why on the toilet? I'm like, well, for one, that's where a lot of people kill most of their time, right? That's where a lot of people just, look, I'm guilty for coming home every single day saying hello to my children and my wife and just going to the bathroom and sitting there for 10 minutes just to, whether I'm doing anything or not, just to get, just to kind of like, okay, work has been this and now I'm here, right? Let me just kind of, you know, woosaw for a minute so I can just walk out there leave my bullshit at the door and be dead right and what a lot of people don't realize is when you're on the toilet you're in a very vulnerable position there's a reason that like when your dog is using the bathroom outside he's looking at you to watch his back or he's staring at you dead in your eyes you're always like why are you doing that well it's because he's in a vulnerable position right now right and and so are you but we mask it with these devices at all points in time right nobody ever just wants to do just that like just sit with yourself Nobody ever wants to just be. They can't mm. just be. They can't yeah. just sit. They've always got to be doing something. And that is one of the greatest tools that this fucking system is using against humanity. Mm. It is. Mm. You know, because when we're constantly distracted, when we're uncomfortable in our own presence, yeah. how are we ever going to feel what we need to feel in order to move it out Clear out all the bullshit and remember who we are and step into our fucking power. It's impossible. Mm. Yeah. You know, we see a lot of men's groups popping up, which I think is fantastic. It's been far too long that, you know, the masculine's gone unchecked and it's it's turned into something that we don't need it to. But the problem is now we've kind of overstepped with masculinity just like everything we can never just like go all the way one way course correct and stop in the middle it always has to go all the way to the other fucking side right and now it's like men are supposed to be like these women hating fucking it's it's just feminine it's feminism on the other side now it's turning into it's insane but i think that now what we need to see and i know it sounds weird for people because they're like oh there's so many women's groups and blah 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 and i'm like listen a lot of the women's groups that are out there trying to guide women are just as lost as anybody else like just because it is a group does not mean that the group is beneficial to anybody you could be in a fucking cult that's a group is that good for you absolutely not so when you help women step into their power what does that mean what does that look like 
That means I sit with them. I hold space for them to move through whatever it is they're going through. I'm a firm believer that I do not know what's right for you. I know what's right for me. I've walked my own journey. Um, I have some, you know, some of my own wisdom to offer you. But whenever I offer my own wisdom, Eric, I will always say to people, if this resonates, amazing. If it doesn't, toss it to the side. Hmm. Because what we're learning right now, we're learning it, it, of course, the hard way, is that there is no one outside of ourselves who knows us better than we know ourselves. There is no one to look to there is no guru. There is no, there is no one, there is no one outside of ourselves that knows us better than we do. And when I teach, and I, I even hate the word teach, like when I guide women, it's I, I call it a remembrance because what I'm saying and what I'm speaking, they don't already know. I believe that when we come down here, we know all that we need to know. We mm-hmm. we realize who we are. We realize how powerful we are, right? And then we land in this dense third dimensional reality. And we forget everything because it's just so dense down here, right? And then we're a product of society and we're a product of our parents' patterns and our grandparents' patterns. So we get all confused. But underneath all of the conditioning, right? And all of the beliefs that we have about ourselves that aren't even us. There lies our authentic selves. And most people don't even know who the fuck they are. Mm-hmm. They don't. They don't know who they are. They don't know what lights them up. They, they, m- most people don't even know what it's like to feel true joy and happiness no. in their lives. You know, that's sad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a tough one. That really is because I see a lot of people who have what you would call it all in a sense of, you know, I see them, they have, you know, beautiful, healthy kids, a relationship that works, you know, they own a home, they have everything that you need to, you know, be quote unquote happy. And we're going to get into that in a minute. Um, And what I see is this, this unhappiness that's just around everybody because they're so worried about, you know, all of the superficial shit that this 3d world kind of, presents to you to be worried about rather than waking up with with gratitude and i think that that is the number one killer of all joy and happiness is the lack of gratitude because you can cry and bitch and moan and complain about your life and how bad it is the moment that you start to frame things different right like okay i gotta go to work today i'm like no no you get to go to work today there's somebody right now in a hospital bed that will never leave there's somebody that just wishes they could take a single step There's somebody who wishes their life was completely different, but they were dealt a card that it sucks. It really does. Like, I think a lot of people should, you know, take the time to go out to like these children's hospitals and watch how fucking well off they have it just for that wake up call like this. That could have been you. Right. And here you are bitching about, oh, I got to go to work. No, dude, you woke up. All right. Everything was fully functional. You know, your kids are safe. You're happy, healthy. Like at the moment that you switch your mindset and start to live in a gratitude mindset Dude, the universe loves gratitude. The more grateful you are, the more it's going to give to you. It's almost like 
whatever you put in, you're always going to get out. But a lot of people never put in unless putting in has to benefit them in some way. It's like, no, no, putting in means every time that you can pull yourself away from the situation, do something for someone or the universe as a whole, right? And then all of a sudden, it's like, holy shit, like my life is starting to go better. It's like, no, no, your perspective just changed, right? It really, there wasn't really much that's changed other than the fact that you said, you know, I have to instead of I get to, right? Like very, very simple changes. Very simple. But I think just the word happiness people struggle with. I think that that's a, that's a concept, honestly, that I, I don't really understand at all, to be honest. Because it's like to come into this world and seem to just think that you're owed happiness, that you're just owed perfection, that everything is supposed to be sunshine and lollipops and hard times and you should never face them and nobody deserves blah, blah, blah. You hear that all the time. That's your ego talking shit, right? You are not entitled to anything. And when people don't want to hear that, people want to hear, oh, well, I've worked so hard. Well, that That's great because for every you know ounce of hard work, quote unquote, that you say you do, there's someone in another country who doesn't even have the foundation to want to work hard. Them surviving, basic survival is their hard work, right? So the theme of happiness, the whole concept of happiness, what do you think about it? I think happiness. Um, and I've, um, you know, I've, I've walked a tough journey myself and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm totally open when it comes to that. Um, because there was a point in, in my life where I, I didn't even think happiness and true joy was possible. I'm like, this totally, like, I can't even comprehend mm. how a person could live day to day in happiness and joy. And happiness to me <laughs> is when you are present in the moment. Mm. Because most people, when you're present in the moment, but you also have a different you hold a different perspective like you were just saying on life it's actually very simple okay it's being grateful for opening your eyes this morning and being able to take a breath because someone you know is taking their last it's being grateful that you know you have a roof over your head or that you know you're in love with somebody that you have perfect health and and you have an opportunity to do whatever the you want with the day that you were gifted because the problem with most people is they're either living in the past because they're stuck in victimhood right when you're stuck in victimhood you get to live in your past mm. and when you live in your past well you don't live in the happy moments you live in all of the things that happen to you okay so you're not going to find happiness there and then there's the other lot of people or or you know 50 percent the other 50% of the time, they're worried about the future or they're going to be happy when this happens or they're going to be happy when they have their money. They're going to be happy when they meet someone. And it's like, for fuck's sakes, man, people waste so much time and energy mm -hmm. living in the past, commiserating over shit that happened and worrying about the future or waiting for something amazing to happen to them. And they miss their entire life because their life is happening right now. You and me right now, this is the only reality mm -hmm. right now at the present moment. Yeah. And everybody has a choice. They can make the present moment 
however amazing or however shitty that they choose to make. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it really is a choice. It's like they say you come into this world alone, you leave alone, and everything in between is choices, right? And I think that there's a there's a point in people's lives where they need to they need to just stop for a second. Right. And I think that that's when that true moment hits them. When you can take a moment where you're fucking completely overwhelmed and just stop for a second. Just stop. This podcast is brought to you by our sponsor, Yorko. All of us know how important our health is, and Yorko has your health as its top priority. From white pine tincture to give you that daily dose of high-quality vitamin C and boost the immune system, to all-natural healing salves and soaps for day-to-day -day use. Everything is all-natural, handcrafted, and 100% all-Canadian with zero harmful ingredients. We all know almost all store-bought products and over-the-counter medications are causing a world of problems for us and our families. So keep you and your family safe with all-natural herbal remedies from Yorko. Visit www.realyorko.com and enter the discount code 7SHOW for 10% off your purchase. That's www.realyorko.com and enter the discount code 7SHOW for 10% off of your purchase. Now back to the pod. Like when you're like, I'm feeling all this anxiety or I'm feeling all this pressure. I'm about to have a panic attack. And it's like, yo, yo, just tell yourself, stop straight up in your head. Don't use that subconscious of yours and just fucking say stop. And you're going to realize how quickly your entire physiology follows that thought. Like if you ever have, you know, these shitty thoughts, somebody told me years ago and it worked phenomenal was they were like, dude, just tell yourself cancel. That's it. Cancel. Whenever you're having a thought that's shitty, just cancel. That's I use it. the word change. I tell all of my clients, use the word change. It automatically go. stops that shitty thought. Yeah. And because that's all it is, right? That's your your thoughts become things, right? But with that being said, I think that a lot of people would, would also <sighs> take that out of context. Like fucking everybody does because everyone thinks they understand they everything these days. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. you know, yeah, you can have bad thoughts. Everybody does. If if you would like to think that the most happy, joyous, Mr. Rogers looking motherfucker in the world is just happy all the time and never has a very strange thought, you're out of your mind. Every one of us does. Every one of us has thought something and went, ugh, like, what the fuck? And instant shut that out because that's not who you are, right? Thoughts. What people need to realize is this. Whether it be thoughts, actions, things, past tense, in the future, all of it is this, it's like your whole life, you're standing in this hurricane, right, of of just thoughts, ideas, things to do, and you're just, you're standing in this empty field, and there's a hurricane of shit that's constantly going, and sometimes you need to realize that a lot of that's just passing by. You don't need to necessarily nitpick every little thing. You need to realize, well, the wind's blowing pretty fucking hard. A hurricane grabs absolutely everything in its path and just mixes it up. And if I'm standing in the middle, there's going to be a lot of shit that doesn't apply to me. Right? You are the thing that directs where that hurricane goes. Right? And you can direct that towards another city of someone else's thoughts and fuck their day up. Or you can kind of, you know, find your own path and see if you can kind of learn to control that storm, right? I know it's a really strange analogy, but 
I think it's it's about trying to break these things down in a way that that people can truly understand, right? And 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 stop worrying about the dumb shit because I want to talk about trauma as a whole in a minute. And and I think all of this goes to trauma because like you said, right? Like we create the reality that's right in front of us. We are the creators, period. How do I people know? Well, like, people don't like to hear that. No, because they're like, no, no, God, God is the, and I'm like, no, no, motherfucker, listen, the reason you know the concept of God, the reason you know a concept of religion, the reason there is that book is because you can think that, you can read that, you, unless you take it in, it does not exist. I'm trying to explain to people that I hate to say it this way, and for all my, you know, religious followers, you're not going to like this, but it needs to be said, you are God. You are the embodiment of every, you know how I know, believe whatever you want. You take a shot in the head right now. What happens? It all goes away. None of it existed. Did you ever exist? Do you know that? And all these people bickering and arguing, oh, Mary, Jesus, Muhammad, all. And I'm like, dude, it's all bullshit. You can read it, take it for what it is. But what I mean by bullshit is without you and your perception, without your mental consent, without you giving yourself to it. It's not possible. Absolutely. Right? So when we think about trauma, well, for me, I'm one of those people that, and I know this is going to sound ignorant as fuck. I'm well aware of that. But I don't believe in anxiety and depression. I simply don't. And because I don't believe in them, they don't exist. I'm too fucking grateful to be anxious. I'm too, you know, I have too much on the go. My life's amazing. How can I be depressed? Right. So it's kind of like I live in this moment right now because end of the day, the last half an hour we've been talking, did it exist? I don't know. Did it? We're here right now. It's okay to visit the past. Just don't stay long. Right. So when it comes to trauma and healing that, what are some of your traumas that you found to be the hardest to get over? Um, gosh, fine. I, um, when I was younger, I, I had a lot of anxiety. Like I just, I would, I remember I would be getting ready to go out somewhere, whether it was work or out with my friends or, and I'd be putting on my makeup and I would be shaking. Like I would be perspiring because my, my, my nervous system was like, it was mm. like an overdrive. Um, That was a huge one for me. But again, you know, as I, began to look like I picked up my first self-help book when I was I think 20 and I'm like 48 so I've been doing this for a long time right um and I also I I don't care like I I there was a, probably a 20 year period in my life where I was like I was deep in it, man. Like I was in a really, really abusive marriage, like emotionally, mm. mentally. Um, and that was kind of my, my breaking point and my big, I guess, awakening for the lack of a better word. I was like 35. Um, and then all of a sudden in a time span of like two years, like my anxiety was gone. My, you know, self-worth issues were gone. Like everything I, you know, it, it was, it was, it was strange, actually. I'm not going to give it how it kind of happened. Mm. Um, and then just as each day kept going on, you know, I kept just 
remembering who I was, I guess, and getting stronger and getting louder. And, but it, but it's very interesting. You know, people who meet me, they think I've been like this my entire life. I, I haven't, you know, there was a point in time where I was, I was, I was very small and I didn't have a voice and, you know, I had very low self-worth and I struggled with shame for a, a large part of my life. And I think that's probably why I'm so passionate in, in what I do now, because, you know, from where I was to where I am now, I'm like, listen, it doesn't have to be this way, right? It doesn't have to be this way. Mm. And I don't think people grasp that. Like, I think, you know, and like you said, you know, with the anxiety and the depression, you know, it's it's a huge you know, topic to cover. And there's really, there's a lot of different angles, Mm -hmm. but if, you know, our industrial medical complex didn't have it as, you know, an ailment in their fucking book, would it exist? No. Right. Right. It was. If they didn't have, you know, cancer in their book, would it exist? No, probably not. Like, so, you know, that's a whole other can of worms and conversation to have because it's very large. Um, It's, 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 it's a very interesting topic because our minds do whatever we tell them, right? Our bodies um, react with whatever we hear or take in because we are, we're the creators of our life. So if we're living in a society, right, where every billboard is like, well, cancer is now one out of four, right? And, and there's this and watch out for this. And now there's this. And if you, it's, you know, yeah. again, we did not come here to, to be sick, to be ill and to be in suffering didn't right no i agree i agree wholeheartedly so what was your story then because i know a lot of people these days would look at you and say just that right like oh well you can handle all of this as though you were born with the ability to just know how to handle the situation right so maybe if you're comfortable talking about it we can talk about you know your story and how you got here yeah absolutely so I, um, you know, I grew up in a household that was uh, very, I, I called it a war zone, right? Mm. God bless my dad. I love him. You know, like I, I, I look at everything from, from a, a different perspective now, but, you know, he had a drinking problem. Um, I was kind of his target. Um, so there was a lot of verbal and emotional abuse there. Then I had, I got pregnant at the age of 14 had my, my, my son, when I was 15, um, I raised him, of course, with the help of my family. Um, and then I married, I got married when I was 23, you know, still under the impression and under the conditioning that this man is going to save me or this person in general, right. is, is oh. going to save me. Um, and I married into an incredibly emotionally and mentally abusive relationship. Um, what else I suffered? I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease when I was 13. Um, had it really, really bad. So I actually had about a third of, of my 
large intestine removed. I was in the hospital for months. I was basically told that I'll never live a normal life and that I should prepare to live with my parents for the rest of my life. And um, what else? Yeah. And then I just, I was in that marriage for quite some time. Um, and then I ended up getting out, lost everything, filed for bankruptcy. Like, I've like I've I've walked the walk, man. Like I've I've experienced a lot. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, overstayed. You know, like there was just something in me where no matter what happened, no matter what I ran up against, it just kept getting back up. You know? Mm -hmm. And when you walk a journey like that, I mean we all, you know, we've all got a story. But when you when you walk a journey like that, you you learn a lot about yourself. And I've always said that one of the greatest catalysts for growth is humility. Mm. It, it truly is. You know, it was for me. Like I even remember, like I used to smoke. <laughs> and I even remember, this was in my late 30s. I'm like, I don't give a shit. Like, whatever. I was like, I was like look in my my place for loony so i can go buy a pack of smokes right because i left this marriage and and like my my mind my mental health was so fucking rattled i didn't even know who i was and i was a mortgage broker running my own business like my my business fell to shit like i lost everything everything so i began building it from the ground up again which i did you know, I ended up moving out to BC and started my mortgage business from nothing again, built it back up to six figures, you know, and uh, then got to a point where I'm like, it just didn't fuel me anymore. You know, I'm like, there's no purpose. There was no passion. I just, I didn't want to do it anymore. Well, I, you know, I started looking at other things and then all of a sudden I kind of started up the self-help lounge and started with an idea and then I went and bought my clinical hypnotherapist um, and uh, I started coaching Indian, and here I am. Mm. Yeah, it's been right though. Yeah, no doubt. And you know what I think is actually quite strange or I don't know if it's strange or just a, a coincidence, but most of the people who still have very predominant voices. Cause I knew in the beginning, a lot of these people would come online. They would say their beast grow following and fall off as soon as the whole narrative kind of disappeared. Cause there really wasn't much value they were adding to anybody. But one thing that I've really noticed about those who kind of stood the test of time and are still around is all of us had some sort of a father figure um, who wasn't a terrible person but just never knew how to be a father in the sense of mine was the same, very, very loud, very bold. Um, and I was his target forever, forever. And in turn, well, as a, you know, man, myself, as I started getting into my, you know, later teen years of 16, 17, it became kind of a nah, but fuck you. Because it was kind of like, well, now I'm at the age of what are you going to do, pal? Right, like now we're at a crossroads, aren't we? Where I've been your target forever, and should I so choose, eh, that's not going to go good for you, 
right? And then all of a sudden, we we came to a place where even now we still it's been I haven't spoken to him in like two and a half years off of a single conversation um, that he didn't like. And now it's, you know, the world owes him the apology or else. And I'm like, now, you know what? Think of it how you want to. And my mother being somebody who has kind of, you know, been led with an iron fist forever yeah. would never go against him. And it, it, it it's really painful for me to sit there and watch, you know, because it's like, you know, you can still love somebody mm-hmm. and not care what they're doing. You know, you could still love somebody and, and and truly just let you walk away. I think that that's a giant part of life. And regardless whether they try to tell you, because that's what they'll do. Instead of ever looking in the mirror, they'll always look out the window. No, you, no, you, no. Yeah, yeah, always, always. And, you know, and it's very, um, it's very complex, too. And it's it's not uncommon. I think it's, 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 it's very common, you know, that to have this this large conflict with one parent or the other and especially if they were abusive you know or had you know an alcohol problem or a drug problem or whatever and you know i um i didn't get along with my dad for the longest time like i tolerated him i was always in my parents life you know and i think probably part of the reason why i moved to bc was just to to distance myself and yeah. you know, yeah. like become my own person and live my own life um but, you know, it's interesting, and I, I, will, I will always bring this up, and this is just me, but I held a lot of anger and a lot of resentment for many, many years. And then I kind of got to a point where I was like, okay. You know, I began to go, okay, so we all experience trauma here, okay? And then I started to think to myself, what, like, what did my well, what happened to my dad? And I'll never know because he passed away four years ago. But like, and he never talked about his childhood. And I don't think men, you know, they never did that, right? But mm. I began to think to myself, what in the hell happened to my father to make him so angry and so, you know, volatile? And, and I thought, because this is what happens, right? This is generational trauma. Right. That's it's been going on for thousands of years, you know? And I, and I finally got to a point and I'm thankful because I got to that point a couple of years before he passed away. And, and, and you know, interestingly enough, he passed, he got pancreatic cancer and he, he was diagnosed. And I think it was about eight months later that he passed away. But, you know, if you kind of believe in this which i do but i i think um our stored emotions are responsible for a lot of mm. our illness this would be one of them well anger you know repressed angers where pancreatic cancer arises mm-hmm. so, yeah it's you know it's just i talk a lot about us also becoming more passionate as well right because we're just we're all on this planet. We've all been traumatized to some degree or another. We've all been abused, most of us anyhow, to some degree or another, you know, and it's and it's not because we're these bad people. It, it's 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 because of, of the generations of um I guess control, fear, mm. and trauma from the system that rules over this planet, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, and going back to uh, basically what you're speaking of is, is Germanic medicine, 
where they believe that, you know, emotions are, are truly trapped inside of us and cause most of our illnesses. And what I can say is, you know, my father being somebody who has all of this resentment towards his family and his mother and, you know, now that I've gotten a chance to know him for 30 plus years of my life, especially the last like decade where I've, you know, come into my, my, my myself as, as a man and, and kind of watched him and said, holy fuck, like, you know, I owe you a thank you for showing me everything I don't want to be right. Like the fuck dude, like you've, you've taught me exactly how not to parent my children, how not to, you know, do a lot of the things you did. Right. And I always, you know, think to myself, now what would ever happen if you listened to one of these podcasts? Like what would ever, what would ever happen? Cause I know exactly what would happen. And what would happen is a man that hears someone talking about him and is just more mad that he's not being painted as the savior rather than say, you know, I have some problems, you know, and, and this is, this is exactly how I never want to be, right? I want somebody to be able to speak about me and me sit back and say, huh? So it's either something within you that makes you feel that I've done this or something that I have that's unchecked. And I think I need to work on that, right? Like, because when we talk about the emotions being stored up, he has all this resentment and Germanic New Medicine has, has given us this thing to recognize as resentment knots. And now my dad, his whole life has had stomach problems. And over the last about five years, he's realized that he has diverticulitis bad. And, uh, you know, it was the size of a grapefruit inside of him for, for a while. And, uh, he had to go get some serious treatment for that. And, all of this is always, you know, I was speaking to my mother recently and it was, it was the same old story, right? The whole, oh, like, you know, you got to give him a chance to change. I'm like, mom, he's almost 70. The world is done giving you chances to change. Now you change and provide the chance for the world to listen. Ball's so in your court now, right? So we see these cycles, right? And I was following the same cycle, very bad temper, no emotional control, you know, basically something upsets me, I fucking lose it. And and that's how I watched a man express, you know, okay, this emotion comes in, this is how you get rid of it. And it's like, whoa. So what had happened recently was I have a six-year-old son and probably about four or five months ago, he was in the backyard, him and his sister got into a little bit of a tip. He picked up a rock, threw it, went right through the back glass, of the, like the, the glass on the door. I came home from the gym. He instant comes to the stairs, bawling, thinking he's in so much trouble. And it's like, I thought about it for a minute. And I'm like, look, man, this piece of glass is going to cost me like 30 bucks. You know what I mean? But this is a moment to teach you why what you did was stupid because if I'm yelling over you, if I'm just punishing you, well, now every time you do something stupid, it's oh, only because dad will get mad. It's like, no, no, I need you to understand that something is stupid because it's stupid. Never mind everybody else. I need you to recognize that your action has a consequence. I'm not your consequence. Your consequence could be many, many things in your life. But I don't want you to ever do things and be like, oh, it's because dad's going to. I think that that is a fucking curse on children that generationally we've passed down is this, you know, that rule with an iron fist and never like sometimes all little boy needs is for the person that he knows. Look, my son knows that there's there's no challenge here. If I wanted to hurt you, I hurt you, period. There's no fighting back. There's no you stand no chance. So if that person can sit down and level with you. 
allow you to be vulnerable and still protect that vulnerability. Do you know how much better that is for him to know like, holy shit, this thing that could absolutely annihilate me is reasoning with me, is calm with me, is understanding what I'm telling him, right? Like the, the, this is what you're talking about, right? Is breaking these generational curses. And we see it in society all the time. Like the more people I speak to, the more broken I, I realize everybody is. And Every. yeah, literally everybody I've, I've come across so far is broken in one way or another. And, and that's, that's fine. I, I don't think it's how you got broken. It's how you kind of put yourself back together. That matters. But now this kind of ties in to one of the reasons that I wanted to really get you on here. And that's that we, we share a very common message in the way of, I understand there's a lot of wrong being done to you. I understand there's this wrong being done to us as an entire race right now. Yeah. And you notice I said one race because there's not multiple. There's not black, white, Asian, Spanish. No, no. We're one I race. We're, we're a human race. That's it. Right. But all of this injustice has led to this quote unquote freedom community now becoming more lost than the people that they're fighting against. And I want you to kind of give me your side on how disempowering it has become to be part of the freedom movement. Yeah, it's, um, you know, it's interesting. It, it kind of, it's, it sideswiped me because at one point I was part of, like, I considered Same. myself to be part of that movement, right? Yep. Like yep. I was the first rally here marching with people in 2020 and, and I've, I, you know, been to multiple ones and what have you. And then, and then all of a sudden, I was like, what in what is going on here now? And what really, the best way that I can describe what I saw is that it's like I saw a bunch of children in adult bodies mm. vying for attention look at me listen to me and you know you did this and you need to be like it was this it was another sideshow just outside of the massive sideshow that we just you know been not finished but we're living through and it's like i truly that that is the best way i can describe it it was just like the egos and look at me and the louder I can be, and the like, and I was just like, wait a minute here. And then there, you know, there was kind of another section that that found God and Jesus, and they were praying to Him every day. And I'm like, what in the actual fuck? Like, we're missing the entire point, you know? Because the entire point of this time, and again, this is just my opinion, you know, mm -hmm. is that. There is, like, we need to go within. We need to be as solid, as centered, as whole, and as healed as we can be in order to navigate these times. Because the fact is, it, these times have just begun. Mm. This chaos, this craziness, it's just begun. It's just begun. And to be out there, 
like, you know, acting, the way these people begin to act, I was just like, I, I, it was just like an instant split. It was like, I pulled back and I was like, I, I can't, um, yeah, I can't be involved in this. Like, I, I just can't. I just can't. Mm. You know? Yeah, I think, and this is, I guess, a very unpopular perspective, was I'm all for people getting checked when they need to get checked because a lot of people also use this to grift and take money from the people. They saw an opportunity and they became these opportunist pieces that of too. shit and decided that they were going to use an emotional time to market something to you. And it turned into this, this, this giant cash cow that too. for so many. And I fought against that for a while and people would say, oh, it's, you know, about jealousy and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, no, you don't understand. I know how many people right now don't have a fucking dollar, but are still willing because of virtue to give that dollar to somebody else they feel is doing the right thing. And being somebody who's one of the quote unquote main voices, well, you know what everybody's doing, right? The people that are working with you come to me and tell me what you're doing. And it's like. It sucks because you got to play the bad guy in these situations, right? And and always sound like, oh, well, you know, drama only started because you started it. And I'm like, well, exactly, because I'm here for the truth. And I don't care that you're standing beside me. If you're fucking lying, well, my job is still I'm obligated to the truth, right? So the people deserve to see what truth really is. And it's a lot of the... I think the problem that that people are are having right now is is now what we've seen is anybody who's been anti-vaccination or you know anti-government over the last 3 years now falls into these traps where every single thing they hear they believe is truth why because the person they heard it from is on their side that's dangerous because we can't just say well just because you're on my side that you're allowed to just go unchecked and bring in misinformation because there's a certain individual that was talking about, oh, my God, uh, over in wherever the fuck it was at the time. They have uh, this avian flu. They found the first human to human. And the next morning I saw that and I was like, wow, this is a really corny ass way of getting follows and clicks and people to be in panic. Like that's supposed to be not your job. And that's all they're doing. They're generating more fear. Like they're missing mm -hmm. the big picture. And Bingo. they're just they're getting pot that. Again, you know, their ego's taken over. They're getting popular. They're growing their accounts. They're growing their businesses by, you know, throwing fear at people. Yeah. And that's what, that's exactly what we, you know, we're seeing out there now. And, you yeah. know, I have disassociated myself with, with most of them. Mm -hmm. You know, I said what I, I'm not, I said what I have to say behind the scenes. Sure. But that's not okay, man. Like, it's not. Yeah. It's yeah. not. That's what we're trying to break out of. Mm -hmm. That's what we're trying to break out of. You know, mm -hmm. you're either empowering someone. Right. And telling them that there's nothing to fear regardless of what is going on around you. Mm -hmm. Or you're not. There's no gray area there. And that is black and white. Yeah. 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 And like you said, there are 
people are in such a vulnerable position. They are so afraid. They are so worried. They don't know what's happening. Um, they're afraid for their future, their finances. And there is a lot of people taking advantage of that. Mm -hmm. A lot of people. Yeah. And it's so unfortunate, man. It's something that long before any of this, man, I've been the one to, you know, try to hunt down the people that are making the call, the the phone calls, the old people's phones and tell them, oh, you're going to go grab all these gift cards and meet me here. Or, you know, I'm the CRA or the fucking police or, and, you know, just taking old folks who are, you know, just just living out their last days and fucking them out of their last dollars and, you know, their pension money. I was out there doing, you know, quote unquote, justice work long before any of this shit, because I don't like seeing people get taken advantage of. And a lot of that is because of my childhood being bullied. I was a smaller kid growing up. And you know what I mean? I got I got bullied a lot until I finally filled out, grew taller, you know, and started becoming a force of my own. But I really to this day, like a bully, I can't stand. And that's what it is when you're taking advantage of somebody in a vulnerable moment, but then bitching like, oh, the government took they made you take this quote, you know, this thing because, uh, you know, they, they played on your virtue. And it's like, dude, well, hold, hold on. You're 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 following that game plan, though, just with another audience. And I don't appreciate it at all, man. And then when you call it out, it's supposed to be jealousy. And I'm like, no, 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 you're, you're missing the point. The point here is we're supposed to be doing right by Absolutely. people we're supposed to be in service to others not having others serve you and that goes i don't care what group it is i don't care who you are i don't care what modality you believe in i don't care what trade you're in i don't care if i see injustice anywhere as a man as the masculine it is my job it is my fucking duty to stand between you and injustice it has to happen i have to be there even if it's going to cost me my life well guess what the universe put me here in this moment for whatever reason, you know, whatever happens, happens. That's my job as a man. That's what happens when you're born with balls. You know what I mean? You have to use them. It's it's a very unfortunate truth. And I know that fear comes into that a lot, but it's something that we have to do. And I think that one of my biggest problems with all things that, that turn into a quote unquote movement is the moment that you start saying, well, not everything is so fucking corrupt. It's like people see the lines in the sky and I'm like, hold on, chill out for a minute. Um, first of all, I've spoken to dozens of fucking people uh, who have logged more flight hours than you've taken shits. Um, these are people who are like up there. You know what I mean? Like they, they're the ones who work on the planes. I've spoken to, you know, aviation engineers and just to get to the bottom of it, like, well, we can't just be believing everything we're fucking hearing. Like there's a bunch of lines in the fucking sky, but they breathe too. Like, well, you're just going to kill yourself along with us all. Is that, that that's what you truly believe, right? So it becomes this thing where once you go against the popular narrative and then everybody's like, you're controlled opposition. You're, you're a government agent. You're all the, sh I've heard all the shit, right? And it's kind of like, this is just trauma. You've been so traumatized into sitting in your corner that now you believe that becoming a victim is somehow advantageous and that that is now the way to live your life. Why? Because there's a group of other victims. So if I get a group of a bunch of scared little animals because the wolf is walking around the house and not one of them wants to go out there and do shit, even though they're all bigger than the wolf, but they're all terrified. Well, that wolf holds the power, even though there's only one of him. They're not seeing 
what's 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 truly happening within themselves like they've been scared into a place of i can't even defend myself now because the government's just out to get me and it's like guys can we yes they are there you go there there's the truth they are 100% you're a cash you cow right bingo but what the fuck are you going to do about it cuz you know i remember about 3 years ago i started that be prepared movement and it was to get people early, like, hey, start preparing so that whatever happens in three years, you have three years to do all, like, get all your shit together. So when the government says, you know, we're crashing the currency, we're taking all the food away, you're like, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Do you, bro? And everyone's like, ah, and now it's a trend. Oh, Homestead, everybody's talking about it now, right? And it's like, I'm not a dick enough to, like, come forward and be like, no, it was me who started it. Like, dude, I don't care. End of the day, a lot of people benefited from creating community. That's what it was all for. The mission was a great success. So it wasn't everybody. I believe that everybody is here to learn at their own pace. Yeah. But what do you what do you think about constantly holding yourself into a mindset of fear? Like, what do you see that doing to the people just by living in fear? That that's the one thing. Um that's going to hold humanity back from where we're supposed to be going. I mean, it, you know, from a greater perspective, I believe it's just my opinion. Mm. What we're living through is an evolution of consciousness. Okay. We mm. are, we must, we must evolve. And when I say evolve, we must decondition, you know, unlearn, remember who we are, become radically responsible for ourselves and our lives and and be in this world as as sovereign beings mm. we're so fucking controlled on every level mind control like we're so controlled on this planet mm. and fear is the catalyst right fear is the greatest tool that you know they use to control humanity and you know just to add like and, and it's and it's so interesting because it's like you know the the free and i don't not everybody but as a whole when you look sure, out sure. you know onto the community and aware they're perpetuating the same fucking bullshit like they're mm. not doing anything they're you know you may as well be asleep right and 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 watch the news because what you're doing is like they believe that everything they see is real and they're all into this fear mongering and it's like it's 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 crazy to watch mm. so instead of the only thing people should be doing right now in my opinion i mean i'm aware of what's going on around me i'm sure. aware do i let it affect me no i don't do i live in fear nope i don't like, not at all. It's the weirdest thing. I don't live in fear at all. And the number one thing that people need to do is they need to fucking sit with themselves. And they need to feel. They need to release these traumas from their body because that is how humanity is controlled. That is how we're controlled. You've got shame. You're going to be controlled. You've got, you know, anger in you or fear in you. You're going to be controlled. You've got unworthiness at the core of you. 
you're going to be controlled. You cannot mm -hmm. stand in your power. Speak your fucking truth. When you've got shame in your body, right? Or when you don't feel worthy enough, or when you're scared, or when your nervous system is, is fried. Like it's impossible. It's impossible. People need to stop being distracted. People need to start perpetuating fear because that's all they're doing. People need to stop taking advantage of other people and people need to shut the fuck up and sit down with themselves and go inside. That's it. That's what needs to be done. This system that we're up against, we're not going to fight it. What we're going to do is we're going to take back control. We're going to take responsibility for our lives so we're not going to comply. You know, there's a difference between not complying and fighting against something. When you don't comply and you pay no attention, a system falls. When you fight against it, you give it more energy and it feeds off of that energy, right? It feeds off fear and anger. That's what, that's what feeds this system. In my opinion. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So for as long as people continue to run from themselves and mm -hmm. get caught up in these fucking rabbit holes mm -hmm. and perpetuate fear constantly, that's all they're doing. They will get nowhere and we will be stuck here for a very long time. Yeah, there was a surprising amount of pushback um about a year ish ago you know i finally got tired of just seeing all the shit and it's from every angle this isn't just i think the issue with people right now is everything has to do with quote-unquote freedom you know like i posted the video on etymology and the system and how that is kind of like you know our language is manipulated to kind of keep us a slave and people are like oh you know a lot of people have been beating their charges all because they're using the bill of rights and i'm like listen to what you just said so I'm speaking to you about a system that has been in place for hundreds of years. And your existence is only equated to the last three. That's you. That's who you identify with now, just with what you've done over the last three. Sure, you may have come into who you are as a person, but that's a whole world out there. Like, Why are we so hell-bent on just talking about the last three years? Like... Guys, this isn't the first time the world's been oppressed. These aren't the, read any fucking history book you want to of any war. It's we haven't only had two wars. There's hundreds of wars that have happened. If you start looking at them, it all started with two things, a tyrant and an oppressed people. Absolutely. And end of the day, every single one of those that you read, the tyrants always have more resources, bigger army, more money, but they've all fallen. Because there's just something about the truth. That is a force that is unfuckwithable, period. And that's where it is. So why are we doing this? Why do people not want to hear that you living in gratitude is a much higher vibration, a much more advanced frequency than fear? Fear is this 
it's weird. It's like fear is like walking down an alleyway and there's like, you know, homeless people behind every garbage can. It's like the the clips from like a New York alleyway in movies. You know, it's very it's, it's like raining and it's really shitty. And there's like one light off in the corner and all the rest are smashed out. There's like these homeless people in garbage can. That's fear. That's what people are living in. Right. And you're always like, oh, well, that homeless guy last week and oh, that homeless guy this week. And it's like, dude, whoa, hold on. If you just live in gratitude. Man, you're off like overlooking the sunset on the beach, dude, just by switching your perspective. And that's literally all it takes. So if people want to actually look at, you know, this concept of heaven and hell, well, if you're religion, it's not religion, you're religion, you've religioned yourself to something else. If your religion has told you that there's a place called heaven and a place called hell, then how come there can be two men sitting at the exact same table, one experiencing complete bliss and one experiencing complete hell? How's that possible then? Exactly. And again, it's that simple, but yeah, it's not. But it is that simple. And again, you know, to add to that, that's why the world, the external world can be falling to fucking pieces. And it is absolutely possible to be standing in that world, mm -hmm. standing in the fire, and be at complete peace, joy, mm. happiness, actually thriving. Mm. That is a fact that people just can't seem to grasp that. I don't know if they don't. I don't know what it is. That's a fact. And that is where we need to get to. And the people who are resisting it, going to have a very difficult time, very, very difficult time navigating their life, mm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's almost like there's this, there, there, there's something about drama that, that people have tied themselves to. And everybody likes a little bit of drama. There's a reason why when you see it, you don't just walk away. You're kind of like, oh, shit, what's going down, right? We're all guilty of it, right? Because we want to know what's happening. But there's this framework that's been laid out for people to where drama is now their default setting, right? It's like, I need to pay attention to all this drama. And I'm like, guy, you know what you're doing? There's this door in, in the universe, right? Let's just... And right where the door stands is on the halfway point, okay? The world is all burning and fucking disgusting. And you open the door. On the other side of that door is all nothing but, you know, yellow wheat and blue sunsets. But you keep, like, you're standing in the doorway. You're just looking at the fire, screaming about it, telling everybody. And I'm sitting here like, just turn around. Just fucking turn around, man. There's complete bliss behind you, right? And it's like, you, you don't hear the calling to tell you that, like, guy, stop. Here's why I don't understand it. Nobody wants to be fucking angry. Nobody wants to be sad. Nobody wants to be hurt. Nobody wants anxiety. Nobody wants depression. So why are you there? I believe, and again, this is not applicable to everyone, but I believe that it is a huge part of their identity. Mm. And I also believe, um, and again, this is from my own experience, my own mentors, what have you, whenever you're sitting in your identity 
or you're, uh, you know, in a state of victimhood, there's always a payoff, right? If you can sit there, you can stay there. If you can identify with A, B, C, and D, then that means you don't have to do anything. You don't have to face yourself. You don't have to sit in the pain. You don't have to move through anything. You can just sit there, mm. right? You can sit there and it's comfortable and it's familiar because to do anything else takes fucking courage, man. Like it takes a lot to sit with yourself, to feel with yourself, to, you know, realize that this isn't really who you are, but yet it is because you know, it's an identity that you've been carrying for a very long time. And there's something familiar about it as well, right? Mm. And what I find with myself and even with, the, you know, people that I, women that I work with, eventually it becomes painful enough where something happens, something snaps, you've sat in your misery for long enough. You decide that you're going to make a change. Does that happen to all people? Nope, it doesn't. You know, like it's so complex. So com we're so complex, but yet it's so simple to live a beautiful life. You know, But I do believe that it's a lot, you know, people identify with their pain. It, it, they identify with their trauma mm. and people love, I don't love, but they do. Like, it's just easy to be a victim, right? Because then you can blame you can point the finger everywhere else, except for right here. Hard. One of the hardest things for people to accept is that they have put themselves exactly where they are. You know, we create our lives. We are the creators. We have choice. We have free will. So to think anything other than where you are, you've put yourself, it's insane. It doesn't make sense. And for someone to actually take responsibility of where they are, especially if it's not a good place, people don't like to do that. So what would you say for the people? Because I, I actually, there's there's a video that uh, I just posted on one of my pages uh, that was a little bit of an older video from a previous podcast that was saying that everything that happens to you is your fault, right? Like, just just take think of it as your fault. And the amount of DMs that I got of people were like, oh, well, what about children? And it's like, <laughs> you immediately jump to something that disempowers Absolutely. you right yeah. off the hop. Yeah. Right off the hop. It's like, oh, yeah. what What about the children? Like, what about them, man? Like, okay, cool. Well, that child grows up. And when they grow up, now all of a sudden they have choices. Are there unfortunate things that happen to children? Absolutely. I've been talking about it for years because I can't stand it. I have children of my own, right? But at what point do you look at yourself as an adult and just listen yeah. to what I'm saying and just say, whoa, hold on. I am where I am because I chose this. And you can sit there and say, oh, no, I didn't. And I'm like, okay, well, all the times you decide to play Call of Duty instead of go on your computer and look to do the thing that you wanted to do or make the phone call or go talk to the person or no, you decided to stay home and play Call of Duty. And sure, it was that one day, but that could have been that one day that that person you've been waiting to speak to just rolled by for 30 seconds. You were supposed to be there, but you chose to not fucking be there, right? So it's kind oh. of like, what do you think of... of 
the people who decide to hear something like that and then just automatically play victim. What is that? They don't want to look, they don't want to accept the fact that they are where they are is because of themselves. No, like I said, nobody wants to take responsibility for their lives. Look at society in general. They look to their government to give them health advice. Mm. Like, right? They look to their government to tell them what to eat. Like the government has a food pyramid. <laughs> that's upside you know, down at that. <laughs> that, that, that is so, it's upside down and it's just, but people are always looking outside of them to be told what to do. And I believe that most of the reason that they're always looking outside of themselves is because they don't want, they don't want to have to take that kind of responsibility. But yet what they don't realize is that that's where your greatest freedom lies. That's where your greatest freedom lies. And there's always, and like you said, you know, when you say that you create your reality, and I put a post up like that once, and fuck me, man. Like, I was like, you're shaming me, and you don't know what happened to me. And it's like, no. Like, you're missing the point. We've all had shitty things happen to us. Like, Mm -hmm. all of us. But there comes a point in time where you kind of stand back and you look at the bigger perspective here and you go, okay, this is why this is happening. You know, this is generational trauma and this planet isn't easy, but you know what? It's my responsibility now to break that cycle and to look at myself and to see what I can do. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, you are the one, you put your own head on your pillow at night, right? You come into this world alone, you go out of this world. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you want to live your life as a victim? Pointing the fingers at everyone, looking at your government to tell you, like, how to live and what to do? Or do you want to remember who you are and find your power and live as a sovereign human being? Like, those are your two options. And I think as time goes on, I think more and more people are going to be pushed, you know, into that point that's why i keep saying like it's the most important thing right now is to just open your mind right and and sit with yourself and do the work because this ain't going away it's just getting started in my opinion Mm -hmm. yeah there's still years to go and what i would like to tell everybody is stop thinking that consumption is something that only occurs with the things that you decide to put into your mouth that's not the only form of consumption that there is in the world. I think more people need to be way more concerned about what gets consumed mentally, what they consume emotionally, what they consume spiritually. And then maybe, maybe they'll start to actually identify what real health is and start to move out of this old paradigm into a place where they can truly feel one with themselves. I think that we've lost that. I think that everybody has completely lost that. I think what you and I should do is we should kind of collab on the food pyramid and only have like a couple of foods and then, you know, have like a bunch of the other things like your spiritual health, your emotional health, your right. Like all of these things in the pyramid, except we should do it in a sphere because it is a sphere because there's things like this. Right. And I've said this before and I'll say it again. Your health as a being, as an entire being, your the health of your cell, right, is all comprised of all of these different things. It's like, OK, chocolate cake is bad for you. We, we can all agree. Sure. Bad for you. But if I'm with a bunch of people that I have a great relationship with and I'm feeding my, you know, uh, the ability to kind of sit with people and mend relationships and have that part of the human experience, 
and we all cut up a chocolate cake and eat it, well, it's no longer bad for you now because you're now feeding your soul regardless of what you're feeding the body. You know what I mean? So like there's trade-offs, right? But that all starts with being aware, being consciously aware of what is actually happening here. So I don't want to keep you for too much longer because we this could go on for hours. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And and so I guess I'll uh, in closing, I'm going to ask you the same question I ask everybody else. If you could give people three things right now that you feel would change the world, what would they be? Three things that would change the world. I would give them the ability to look upon humanity with compassion. Mm. I would give them the ability, I would give them the courage to sit with themselves and process their mm. emotions. And I would give them a reminder that being in this world is not just about us. It is about every single person on this planet. Mm. Every single person. And truly, no one is free on this planet until we are all free from an energetic and collective. Wow. Those are all great. Those are all great. And and what I love about that question is everybody gives all of these super unique answers and they all sound so simple, but society seems to just not want to apply them, <laughs> <laughs> which is a very, work very, we're a work in progress is what we are, you know, for sure. For sure. And I think it's very important to have individuals like yourself who are, you know, creating these platforms based on guiding people through these, these, you know, generational traumas and, and, you know, their, their inabilities to see things and kind of, you know, shine a light on, on certain areas of their life that they otherwise never would have seen. So I appreciate you. I uh, thank you very much for coming on. And anytime you want to come on again, we'll definitely have you on. Yeah, no, it was, it was a pleasure. Like I said, it was an honor being here. Um, I appreciate the invite. It was a great conversation. Absolutely. I appreciate you. you.